something, man. He's awesome, isn't he? Amen. God's so good. If you're visiting with us today, my name's Sean Epke. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad you're here today. Um, God's so good, isn't he? Amen. Listen, we had a lot of things to, uh, to talk about as far as what's going on here at Cornerstone. I mean, as the announcement said, this next coming Sunday, uh, we have what we call our growth track starts up again. And it's, uh, the first one's called Church 101. It's all about who we are here at Cornerstone. So if you're new here uh, or you haven't gone through the growth track yet, I'm going to encourage you to go through it. It starts on next Sunday. It's Church 101. It'll be on there in our first service at 9 o'clock. It'll be down in the link offices. There's an area there that we do this training at. And it just basically talks about what we believe, who we are here at Cornerstone, how we're structured and everything. Talks about our elders and everything else. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for that. You sign up on your connection card that you'll be giving out and, um, when the offering plates pass later on in the service. And so sign up for that. It's just a good time just to get to know who we are here at Cornerstone. Uh, and also next Sunday at 5 o'clock is one of my favorite things to do is eat. And it is our, our, uh, our fall can you believe it's fall? Almost fall. September. Amen. Um, but it's our picnic, and I want to encourage you all to come out and just hang out with us. We're going to be hanging out in the field. We'll have think, games and stuff for the kids to play. And then we'll have a potluck. You'll bring, bring food. Bring good food, please. And, um, <laughs> but you know, one thing I like about potluck, I mean, you get one meal, but I can have five different types of meals if I want to, you know, going back and forth. Don't look at me like that, like I'm crazy. But anyway, I want to encourage you uh, to come to that uh, next week. So we got a lot of things going on. But listen, one of the things we're doing today is we're starting a new series called Freedom. And, uh, but this is not only a new series, it's actually a new ministry that we're beginning here at Cornerstone called Freedom Ministries. And, um, and I want to encourage you to not only come on Sundays, but come for the next five Wednesday nights. And uh, we're going to be teaching on what really freedom is. Because, you know, I'm, I just know this about Christians because I am one. Is that, you know, the Bible says, He who the sun sets free is free indeed. So there's freedom that Jesus paid for us. But none of us fully walk in that freedom. And listen, I just, don't, I just want to talk about freedom. I want to live in freedom. Amen? And I want to be as free as Christ made me to be. How many of you guys want to be as free as Christ made you to be? And so we're going to be talking and going in depth in that on Wednesday nights for the next five Wednesday nights. And I want to encourage you all, even if you're visiting with us, I want you to come on Wednesday nights and just hear this word about freedom. We're going to go in depth on what real freedom is. So these are going to go on for the next five Wednesdays. And after that, after you do the five Wednesdays, you can go on what we call a Kairos weekend, which is a Friday, all day Friday and a Saturday. And basically what Kairos means is God interrupts us in time. And we're believing that God's going to interrupt you in time and God's going to do something so incredible that if he would tell you, you wouldn't even believe it. Amen? And so I want to encourage you just to be thinking about that. Now you can do the five freedom classes and if you can't do the Kairos, you can do that later. We're going to do this at least twice a year, these five freedom classes and, uh, and the Kairos Weekend, and then on our Cornerstone Equip classes that are going to be starting in October. Uh, these are our Wednesday night classes that we're going to do from now on. Uh, there will be a freedom class involved in that. Um, that's an ongoing freedom class. So I want to encourage you not to only just come on Sundays, but come on these Wednesday nights. Because my, my whole goal today, I'm going to give you an overview of what we are going to be talking about in freedom. 
But my goal is that I'm going to leave you with so many questions that you're going to come back on Wednesday nights. That's my goal today. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to be real short today. We got out real early. Don't think that's going to happen all the time. But uh, I'm joking with you. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. Anyway, um, but I want to give you an overview, but I want you to have, I want you to understand there's more to this. Okay? In fact, one of my points I barely even go into because we're going to deal with it and unpack it on a Wednesday nights because I really want to see us really as free as Christ made us to be because free people help free people. Amen? And that means you and I need to have this, not only for ourselves and our church, God is doing so many good things in our church, but for everyone else we come in contact out there your family, your friends, the people you work with. God wants to use you to see people set free. How many guys know people who need freedom? Amen? And your hands up, so I include that yourself. And so that's what we need. So people want freedom because there's always something in their life that they want to change. How many guys want something to change in your life? You, you know there needs to be change. I mean, all of us do. Because none of you, if you believe you've got it all, you're wrong. Let me tell you that, okay? You, there is so much more for you. And you know what? God wants us to live in freedom. He wants to live in freedom now. And He wants to bring His divine order into every situation of chaos in our life. And I don't know about you. I don't like it when it's chaotic in my life. I don't like it when there's things. And let me tell you, I just want to put this out there. I need freedom. I am messed up. Please don't amen me. But I am messed up. I need more of God. I need more freedom in my life. And I'll, let me t- I'll talk to you that, about that here in just a minute. And so God declares this about you. He declares justice over you. And He declares righteousness over, righteousness over you. He declares freedom. And He's given us His word to live by today. And so this freedom series, I want you to just grab hold of and get. But not only just on Sundays, but on Wednesday nights. And just really grab hold of what all that God has for you. So here are some keys I want to give you that we'll be talking about over and over again throughout this series on keys to live a life of freedom. Okay, the first key is, it comes out of Matthew 6.33. And in Matthew 6.33, Jesus says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. That's always been a verse about order. And here, the first key is from this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God. See, what you seek first in your life organizes everything else in your life. All the other aspects of your life are organized because of what you seek. And Jesus said that. He says, when we seek first the kingdom, that is what's going to organize you. See, whatever you seek first, whatever you give your attention to, whatever you give your life to, your heart to, your vision towards, and that is what is going to order all the aspects of your life. And so most people seek, in the order concerning freedom, most people seek this. They seek the relief of of a problem. They seek a relief of addiction. They seek the relief of, uh, of a way I think or a struggle that they're struggling with. So what is organizing their life? Whatever you see. So if I'm depressed and I seek out a relief from depression, I seek out a relief from that, depression now becomes in charge of my life. If I seek a relief to an anger problem, that I seek a relief to that rage and that anger in my life, anger now becomes 
what I'm seeking after more than anything else. And that's what orders my life. See, listen, the thing about it, freedom is freedom is not behavioral modification. You cannot modify your behavior and think you're free because it's not about the outward things. It's really not about your addiction. That's not the root issue. It's not about your anger. That's not the root issue. There's something deeper than that. And that's why we need to go a lot deeper. And Jesus said to do this. And this is what we need to do first, more than anything else. Do we want those things gotten rid of? Yeah, I want the addictions out of here. I want my depression out of here. I want those things out of my life. Definitely, we want our behavior to match something. But it has to match what's inside of us. And so what he tells us to do, Jesus says, seek first what? The kingdom. So we seek first the kingdom and we do this. Everything is organized and empowered by the power and the presence of the kingdom of God. And so when we seek him first, then that is what organizes and empowers our life. And it's very powerful. and It's a present reality that we must have in our life all the time. That we engage the kingdom to change what we focus on. And those things which we want to be different will be organized and changed by the kingdom of God, not by our own works. Because how many of you have tried to change in your own way? I've tried to stop this. I've tried to do that. You can throw your computer out, and if you're addicted to pornography, you'll find another way. Right? You are plug it in. You throw it out outside, but you plug it into the doghouse and go out there, Right? So there's something deeper in there. And so Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Because it causes us to submit to a power of God that's greater than us and greater than even the things that we struggle with. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so the greatest thing we can learn is to change our focus from what is the negative in our life to what is the positive in God. And allow him to rule and reign and cause the change. It's like someone who's trying to fix an electronic component. And they're trying to do everything without plugging it in to see if it works. See, when you seek first the kingdom of God, you are plugging yourself into the power source. And when we seek first the kingdom, that power source is what empowers us for greater things. Amen? And that's what one of the things of, of freedom, that's the key to freedom, is really to seek him first. You know, one of the things is, you know, you guys know our story, at least in my story about our, our children, is that the God, God the, I mean, the, in, the enemy, or doctors at that time, told us that we couldn't have, doctors are an enemy, trust me, but doctors told us that we couldn't have kids. And so, you know, after we had our first kid, Julia, they thought, how did you do this? This, was, this is, you're not going to have any more kids. So we've been praying. We wanted a son, and we knew his name was going to be Josiah, and we went through... Um, you know, just not ever having anything. For eight years, we went through miscarriages and everything. It was just really hard. And one day, we were just driving down the road, Lisa and I, and the Lord began to tell us, stop seeking after your son. Stop praying. Stop worrying, definitely. But stop praying for that. Just lay that down, because the Lord began to deal with us that that had become a God in our life. Our son. Wanting, that's all we prayed about. That's all we sought after. 
Because we, we really wanted it, and we really felt like it was God for us to have a son. So we laid that down, and we said, okay, we repented of making that more of a God in our life than Him, and we just started seeking God, just loving Him, and just being satisfied in who He is in us. Two weeks later, Lisa got pregnant with Josiah. Amen? It's all about seeking Him first. Then the second key of freedom is this. It comes out of Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as a man thinks in his mind, but as a man thinks in his heart. So what we believe in our heart, whether it be true or false, is what we become. What you believe in your heart is what you're going to become. And replacing wrong thoughts for God thoughts is a good thing, definitely. So I could have a, a wrong thought that God is always mad at me. And I can replace that thought with the thought of, of the word that says God is love and he loves me and he cares for me. But if I don't believe that in my heart, it's going to be filtered through. And guess what's going to end up happening? I'm going to still believe God's mad at me. No matter how much I think it, it's going to be in there. So what I'm going to leave you with this, you're going to have to come on Wednesday nights because I can't impact this completely and, and, and show you how to believe God with your heart. It is so important that we learn to believe God with his heart because for a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you're a sinner and you'll never get out of the problems that you've been in all your life, guess what? You'll never get out. And that's a life in the pit of hell. God wants you to know he has set you free. And you need to believe the right things in your heart. You definitely need to believe them up here, but you need to know how to get it down here in your heart. Because that is what's going to empower you. Because you're going to seek after the kingdom, and you're going to start believing the right things in your heart. And it's so important for us to have, have freedom in that way. So let's define freedom in a minute. So we can understand what we're going after. In order for us for experiencing freedom, we must define it. Because we need to be set free from wrong ideas on what freedom is. You and I are made for freedom. God created Adam and put him in the garden. And he wanted him to walk and live in that garden in absolute freedom to be all that God had made him to be. And you and I have been redeemed to be that free also. But what is your definition of freedom? The Bible defines freedom very well. And this is how the Bible starts to define freedom. Because one of the, I believe one of the enemy's strategies is to get you to understand freedom in a totally different way. Because here's where most people come to define freedom. They think freedom is from the perspective of bondage. They think freedom is from the perspective of bondage. That means like if a prisoner was in a prison, that his idea of freedom would be getting rid of the bars. That would mean freedom for him, but that's totally wrong because the bars are there for a purpose and for a reason. So in order for us to, to understand freedom, we've got to understand it this way because we think freedom is the absence of something. So I would be free if I stopped looking at pornographic materials. I would be free if I stopped thinking bad thoughts of, and about depression. I would be free if I could control my anger. I would be free if I would stop eating Twinkies all the time. I never have that thought, by the way. But anyway, 
So I would be free if I can get rid of these things. So that is from the perspective of bondage. And that's really not freedom there. Because you'll never get to that point because it always grabs a hold of you. But when you understand what the Bible talks about freedom, it's not from the perspective of bondage. It's not from the absence of something. We think it is, but it's not. And if it was that, we'd all be free. Because we'd all would try to get rid of something. But if we do get rid of something, if that ever happens, we go to something else. Because there's something in our heart that needs to be changed. And here's what the Bible defines freedom. And it defines it very differently. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. And here's my third point, this third key. It comes out of 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom is where God's presence is in our life. You see, the enemy wants us to focus on the what, so we won't focus and seek out the who. See, if you've been asking and seeking the absence of something, then we're focusing on the wrong thing. And we're defining it as in a way that's straining our efforts in a way that's not ever working in our life. The question you need to ask yourself is, how far in here in your heart is the Holy Spirit? How much does He take over your heart? And I know everyone who's a believer, and if you've been born again, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in here. But how far does He go inside of here? How far do we allow Him to consume us? Because how many guys are free in certain areas? Raise your hand, just everybody. It's not a true question. Yeah, there's certain areas I'm free in. And my neighbor may not be free in them. But I'm free in those areas, but there's certain areas that I may not be free in, and my neighbor is. Why is that? Because I've allowed the Holy Spirit to come into those certain areas. In those other areas, I have a wall. And I haven't allowed him to come in. So how far in our hearts is the Holy Spirit? How much are we allowing him to come in and consume those areas? Really, how far in it is he get? Is the really biblical definition of the freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is... There's freedom. And so we want to talk and train and seek out the Lord in this. Because that's the first point. Seek the kingdom. And as we go on, having the right heart beliefs and allowing the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, to consume you. Because when we are consumed by Him, nothing else can consume us. Amen? So we need to find that out. So you need to ask yourself, Am I allowing God to really permeate my life? Now, here's some of the walls. Well, I need to get right before God can do that. That is completely wrong. You can't get right. Well, I heard that God can't be where sin is. How many of you guys are Christians in here? Raise your hand. Do you believe in the Lord? How many of you? Keep your hands up. How many of you that are Christians... Still sin. Oh man, you guys are terrible. Of course, my hand's up too, you know. Well, then how in the world is God with you? God is not afraid of sin. In fact, the more we allow Him to permeate our heart, the more that want to, that desire for sin leaves. And our desire goes for Him. So, don't think, oh, I have to be good enough. You'll never be there. 
He accepts you as you are, and you come in. See, our whole heart, my heart, I want to live in more freedom. I want you to live in more freedom and see him and be as free as he's made you to be. And the fourth key of freedom is, and the way the Bible really defines freedom, it comes from John 8, 32, and he says, you can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's what you need to understand about truth. Truth is not simply a set of facts. It's important to understand how we know these things. And we're going to talk more in depth in the freedom classes. But there's a what we know and how we know them. See, the Pharisees, they knew the Bible very well, or what they had of the Bible at that time. But what they knew brought death to them and death to everyone around them. And there's a way of knowing that must be changed. And the kind of truth that sets people free is not because we have all the facts right. Or our doctrine is completely perfect. None of us are there yet. It's when we understand the facts and the doctrines from the perspective of God himself. From his perspective. Because it's possible for us to know that. You know, the Bible says that we, that God has loaned us his senses, his mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. But unfortunately, what I do a lot of times, most of, the, of us look at godly truth, and this is what I do, not in the mind of Christ, but in the mind of Sean. And that is never right. You never look at it in your own thinking. It's always through the mind of Christ. But when we have learned a new way of thinking, a new way of knowing, a new way of seeing, it's not about getting new information. Let me tell you something. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. And it's not about the new, new thinking, the, the new, new uh, truths or anything like that. It's about seeing information a different way. It's about being what we call being revelation from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit of God. Revelation changes the way we understand things. Revelation is truth that he gives to us personally. Because he's the one who's consuming our hearts. He's the one who we're seeking after. And that's when revelation happens. And revelation is so important. It's the revealed truth of God. See, when you have revelation about something, you become it. When you just know something, you don't do it. Someone tells me, says this all, I hear people saying this all the time, Sean, I've heard that before. And I look at him, are you doing it? Are you living it? And if you're not living it, then you don't know it. You may know it up in here, but this doesn't do anything, right? Amen? Only this, and knowing it from your heart. And the only way we get to that point, and the only way we're going to see real freedom, is not knowing the facts about God, but knowing who He is, and allowing Him to teach you. You know something? I can't teach you anything without the Holy Spirit sparking something inside of you. I can't do that. I hear people all the time, they come up to Sean, great message. I really like that anyway. But they come up to Sean, great message. And they tell me what, they, what I said. And I said, I, I didn't say any of that. Were you even here? I got to the point where I'm actually okay with that. 
Because it's the Holy Spirit that teaches you. One time, Lisa and I were in a meeting, and this probably happened more than once. But anyway, I'll tell on myself a little bit. And, you know, she's really getting a lot from, from the minister. And I'm, I'm just not getting anything. I'm, I'm actually falling asleep. But she's, she's telling me all this list of what she got, and I'm thinking, I didn't get any of that. Why is that? Well, because she allowed the Holy Spirit to teach her more than I did. And we've been vice versa, more me than her, but, you know, we've been <laughs> doing that. The thing about it is, how much are we going to open up our hearts this year? To allow Holy Spirit to come in and teach us all things. And even to show us the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. So this is how we define freedom. Freedom is the ability to respond to God completely as the person he created and redeemed me to be. That's freedom. I'll say it again. Freedom is the ability to respond to God completely as the person you were created and redeemed to be. That's what real freedom is. Not the absence. Presence. And walking and living as God created you and now redeemed you to be. And of course, everything else will go because of that. That's what true freedom is. And I want to see that for our church. Because it's, it's, we're entering into a season, I believe, that we're going to hear the voice of God in our personal lives more clearer than ever before. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that's what's going to take to know Him. Daniel 11.32. By the way, in another month, we're going to do a series on Daniel. Daniel 11, 32 says this. They that know their God will be strong and do great exploits for him. What's the key in that? Knowing their God. So we're going to seek the kingdom. Not seek out our problems. We're going to seek the kingdom. We're going to find out how to really believe in our heart. And get the right things in our heart. We're going to believe that and figure that out and say, God, help us. We're going to realize that the more the Spirit of God lives inside of us, the more freedom we walk in. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And then we're going to know the truth, not facts, but the revelation of God. And that is going to set us free. Are you guys ready for that? Amen? I'm so ready for that. And I want you to join us for this Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. We're going to come together. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm coming to receive. I want you to come to receive. And just allow the Lord. And I know some of you can't come. I understand that. We're going to do this quite often. The next one will be in February And there's a lot more to what we're doing than this. But we really are looking forward to see people set free. And combining it with all the other freedom ministries we have, with our marriage ministry, with even CR and everything, 
coming into a place of really seeing people come and set free. I want that. And that's my hope for you, to enter into something greater than you ever had before. Amen. You guys ready? I'm ready for that. I'm ready to get up and start doing it more because I want to see freedom in my family. I want to, I want to see freedom in our church, in our community. Amen? You guys ready to do this? So this is the action time. Put down your Bibles and your pens. and Let's start out with this first key. Let's just seek God right now. Okay, let's choose to do this. So bow your heads, close your eyes. And this is really starts out with a commitment of just doing this. Because one of the things we want, we want every area of our heart to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. So right where you're at, I just want you to say, God, here I am. I commit to seeking you first. Seeking your kingdom first. I release all my troubles, my problems, all my addictions, my fears. Whether it's, it's physical, spiritual, financial, whatever it is, relational. Let's just lay it aside. And let's just say, God, I, I just seek you. And as a church, that's what we want. We want to seek him. Place him first. So we, he can change our heart and our beliefs in our heart. So he can come by his Holy Spirit and teach us all things so we can know the truth and it will set us free, but where his presence can live in our hearts. And there's places in your heart that you haven't given to the Lord, you've held back, maybe because of fear, maybe because you think, well, I'm not good enough. Well, let's just open up our hearts right now. So, Father, we do that right now in the name of Jesus. We open up our lives and our hearts. And we say, come in, Lord Jesus. Open up the eyes of our hearts. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us a heart for you, Lord. Where we'll seek after you with everything that we have. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we want to live in that freedom that Christ has called us to live in. In the name of Jesus. With your eyes closed, heads bowed, listen. I feel like the Lord's just saying to me right now that He is He has made you His son and your daughter and His daughter. Don't feel ashamed to come to Him. Don't feel like you're not capable or able, that His door is wide open for you. And let's get what we need and see freedom. So Father, we release all pride to all this junk. And we just focus on you. From this day forward, we will live in freedom. In Jesus' name. Again, with everyone's eyes closed and everyone's heads bowed, if you're here today, you've been sitting there in your seat and you know that there's something more that you need in your life. And you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know God is not mad at you. He loves you. And He's come and He sent His, whole son, His Son to die on the cross for you so that you might be saved and you might live in freedom. This is for you. But it's up to you. You have to make the choice to serve Him and to give Him your life right now. So if that's you, and you say, Pastor Sean, I want to do that. I may not understand it all right now, but I want something more. I want to give Jesus my life today. And this is what I want to do. I want to pray with you right where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. 
but it's a decision that you make and you choose to serve him. So if that's you right now and says, Pastor Sean, I want to do that, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at and I want to pray with you. And when you lift your hand, you can put it down. Anybody in here says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Anybody in here? Don't let this day pass. Don't leave out of here without just making that decision to follow him. One more time, anybody? You can put your hands down. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is what I want everyone to do. I want you to repeat after me. And those who raise their hands, you just pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart, the best you know how. And Jesus is going to come to you right now. He's going to meet you where you're at. And all your past sins are forgiven. All your present sins are forgiven. In fact, even your future sins are already taken care of. And he's going to make a new life in you. You won't change physically. You may not even feel anything. But the choice you make to walk in him by faith is going to be the greatest decision of your life. So let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now. And I give you my life. I lose control. And I give you control. And I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. To take the punishment for my sins. And I thank you. And I thank you for forgiving me. And from this day forward, I will follow you. I will serve you. And I will do what you say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. Let's welcome Bill to the stage.